When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... Donald Trump was a, a stain on our country. I, I'm someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm so help me, God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Suck Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we have a really funny episode. We're going to talk broadly about, I decided what unites these things is just what's wrong with the internet overall. Okay. Problems yeah, caused by the internet. topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll knock this one out in 45 minutes. Figure to solve the situation. Absolutely. We'll solve the internet. No problem. Um, we caught up yesterday on the status of the American Rescue Plan, which the House will likely pass today if Marjorie Taylor Greene ever lets it happen. This morning, the Georgia representative and extremist called for a vote to adjourn the House in an attempt to delay it, to delay checks going into people's bank accounts to delay money for children to eat. Her motion obviously did not pass, and the bill is expected to pass the House today and get to Biden's desk for a signature, I would assume, very shortly after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard the checks could go out as soon as the 13th, which is, in fact, this Saturday. That is this Saturday. (laughs) If one were to look at a calendar, they would see. (laughs) Oh, no. Women's History Month is halfway over. Will will they give me my check before I file my taxes? The enduring race continues. (laughs) Right, right. I I have been ignoring my taxes because I didn't. I used the extended deadline last time. And so I'm like. It's too soon. I yeah. filed them in. I filed them in July, and that's why it feels so soon. Yeah, we just did my, this, <laughs> and my fiance is being like, "Yeah, but that doesn't mean you don't have to attend to that." And I'm like, "It's too soon." Yeah, I'm you'll mad. just suddenly realize that like your wages are garnished. It's like what yeah. happened? I'm like, How did this happen? <laughs> uh, so that is exciting news. Hopefully, real relief coming to people soon. On a lighter note, first topic of today is. <laughs> Cartoon pickup artist Pepe Le Pew (laughs) will not feature in this summer's sequel to Space Jam, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I assume we're talking about this because Space Jam played a big role in our childhoods. Did it for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, that exactly. that is an excellent movie. <laughs> no, it's an empirically, objectively, an excellent cinematic achievement. I I definitely have watched it at least once during the quarantine, and nothing is funnier to me than the presence of Bill Murray in that movie. Like, why is he <laughs> there? The assumption is that he's also friends with Michael Jordan, but then he plays on the basketball team. <laughs> I forgot why? about that. I forgot about it, except when I did see Lost in Translation, I was like, oh, it's the man from Space Jam. <laughs> He's, the premise is that he and Michael Jordan are friends. They play golf together. I don't know if that's true in real life. But because of this, he also gets to play on the basketball team. And that's what I don't sure. understand. <laughs> that doesn't hold up. That doesn't hold up for me. Because just because you're friends with a comedian who plays golf with you does not mean that they should play on the basketball team. Especially if the fate of the basketball team decides if you're going to be a galactic slave forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill Murray's impressive. He's an icon, but not, not to that degree. Yeah. Uh, so Pepe Le Pew, I don't think he was creepy in the movie space jam but he plays a minimal role i believe in okay the space right jam he's only movie. in a couple but he's very prominent in the looney tunes series and as we've come to you know look at the childhood references that were problematic um this one is like not subtle at all uh the character often stalks and grabs women kissing them while they're trying to get away while they're trying really hard to get away. It's not like it's still assault. If you're just like, Oh, can I go? And they're like, no, he's, he's violently pulling them towards him. Uh, primarily Penelope pussycat. Penelope, uh, can we make sure that Penelope pussycat is in therapy, therapy. that we have, <laughs> that we have aid going to her like that. Free Penelope Pussycat. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we need to retake a look at her legacy. Truly, truly. <laughs> yeah, this is shocking. And this is so Dave Chappelle pointed this out in a sketch a long time ago. Let's uh, let's listen to this. He points out why it's especially uh, messed up that he's constantly uh, sexually assaulting a pussycat. Let's listen. It's what it is. They, they use the TV to program us from a young age. You ever watch like a cartoon that you used to watch when you were little as an adult? That shit is, is wild shit. It's some wild shit. I mean, like I was with my nephew. We sitting there, we watching Peppy the Pew. And I say to my nephew, I say, now pay attention to this guy because he's funny. I used to watch him when I was little. And then we watched Peppy the Pew and I'm old now. I'm looking like, good God, what kind of fucking rapist is this guy? Like, take it easy. <laughs> my nephew was sitting there cracking up. <laughs> See, sometimes you gotta take the pussy like Pepe, like, oh, no, oh. oh. I had to turn the channel real quick. <laughs> I mean, here's what I'll say. This morning when I was, like, when I was working on the newsletter this morning, I wanted to include a GIF of Pepe Le Pew, and I ended up slacking Amanda, and I was like, they're actually all disturbing. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're all triggering. Like, every single one includes, first of all, the the pure emotion on Penelope Pussycat's right. face as she's trying to get away from this man. Like, it's actually very upsetting. 
interesting to see. So I just used um, to segue into our next uh, Space Jam related topic. I did use Lola Bunny. Right, right. Exactly. Who also in uh, Space Jam 2 will be less sexualized. But interestingly, Pepe Le Pew was originally included in the second film. Um, there was a scene where LeBron James apparently talks him through consent, uh, <laughs> seeming to recognize the issues with the past. But in recent weeks, this is all sort of being connected to a New York Times columnist named Charles Blow, uh, who recently had a viral tweet explaining convincingly how the character feeds into rape culture. Those um, examples I listed before is straight from his viral tweet. So, of course, the reaction has been the New York Times is the New York Times liberally got Space Jam and Pepe Le Pew canceled. Interestingly, a side note is that at one point, Warner Brothers was planning to release a Pepe Le Pew feature film written by Max Landis. That film was canceled after Max Landis was accused of sexual assault. <laughs> well, when we think about it, it was kind of like perfect synergy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Creator and character but in the worst way. Like, yeah, written like, by Max Landis, directed by Woody Allen. Like, it's going to be a Pepe Le Pew movie. <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, uh, a Penelope Pussycat would have to be significantly younger. <laughs> yeah. Woody Allen directed. Uh, yeah, she's of, yeah, she'd be a kitten. Yeah, but well, she's a kitten that he adopted and raised. I've been watching the documentary. I'm very upset. And this is like the craziest thing, right? It's like, this is our entire child. Like we're women who grew up with like, yes, sexual predators are funny and comedy. Like it's just like normalized. And I just remember like looking through the replies to Charles Blow and being like, I cannot believe the number of men who are like, I wasn't affected. Like, it was literally like, women being like, yeah, this is true. And like men being like, I wasn't affected. This is overwrought. I'm like, then why are there millions of incels our age who are swarming the internet saying why they're entitled to like grab and sexually assault women? <laughs> also, it's just like, why do you care about the horny skunk cartoon? Like it's what right. if- Dr. Seuss is one thing. If, if you want to make a comparison, it's like, I, oh, right, fine. They're very wounded that Dr. Seuss is canceled and they feel like they need to like preserve him by reading his books while while their colleagues are passing legislation. But what do you, I, I'm curious to see if they come forward in defense of Pepe Le Pew. Like, how are they going to do that? Well, I think what they do is they say like Looney Tunes is canceled and it, the, oh, like, yeah. like Dr. Seuss isn't canceled. A couple of his books that no one even fucking buys aren't going to be sold anymore. And they're going to say Looney Tunes is canceled. Space Jam is canceled when actually it's just the horny skunk that's canceled that we've decided we've moved beyond the horny skunk as a society. And we don't need to introduce our children to the horny skunk further. Like, <laughs> I mean, he, He's really just like, like the, the problem with Pepe Le Pew is that the entire joke is that he pursues women who are uninterested in him. Mm-hmm. And then the, the final part is that when consent is introduced to relationships, he is disinterested. Like he is not just that he like is madly in love and like runs around. And it's like, okay, well, that's insane. But like. Okay, but at the end, she's like, actually, I am interested. And he's like, oh, that's disgusting. Not not about it. <laughs> like, if you're yeah. not resisting me, I'm not interested in you. Like, oh, so he just literally gets off on the 
on the yeah. Okay, so that's a problem. <laughs> that's a good lesson for children. Yeah, and there's like nothing else there. Um, like because Looney Tunes has like a bunch of different problems. Like people were in the replies were pointing out that there had been like blackface in literally like every iteration of. And there's so many guns. Like, yeah. Tom and Jerry's yeah. had blackface. Bugs Bunny's had blackface. Like you're like Speedy Gonzalez exists <laughs> that's a problem <laughs> but but you don't have to cancel the entire character because there's so many other things that the character does and exactly different memories and like lots of unproblematic or less problematic elements to them but Pepe Le Pew is just literally like the entire joke is like rape it's so funny and you're like no I didn't like it as a kid like as a kid I was like what is this like what why is he what where she She's like on a park bench or some shit, and then she like judges some paint, and he's like, "Gotta have you," and I, she's like, "No." Yeah, it's really weird. It's gross, right? It's gross. And that's that's why it makes sense that they thought, okay, I guess all we can do with him is do a consent scene. Like there weren't any other parts of the characters per- to preserve. What value would it add? Like, don't do that to LeBron. Don't make. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm glad that we don't have to see LeBron teach Pepe Le Pew about consent. I know he's got to like open fucking polling places. He's got to fight voter suppression. (laughs) He's got to play basketball. He's got to explain consent. One man. (laughs) (laughs) This man earns every dime that he makes. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits healthier hair and skin. Yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. 
They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash fever dream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash fever dream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash fever dream. Moving on to this is actually related to New York Times cancel culture. Uh, every you know couple of months we get another bubbling up of cancel culture. Where we all get to talk about it and negotiate, like our recalibrate how we all decide to react to it. Except for some people, like Barry Weiss. <sighs> so former New York Times columnist Barry Weiss. If you don't know, she's a really controversial figure. She brings her own controversy, um, who left the paper in a very sanctimonious huff over her claims of like thought policing, that she was being censored, that there was just no freedom of thought left at the publication. She wrote last week in a publication called Deseret News. Had you ever heard of this, Caitlin? Um, Is this like a notably? I've never heard of this publication. It's very, yeah, small. Yeah. So she wrote, quote, in red America and blue America, an epidemic of self-censorship is threatening democracy. Overall, she makes points that she's made a lot in the past, but she just takes it really far this time. She tries to make the point that just as liberals in red states avoid discussing their opinions just because, I mean, even fucking violence. I don't want to go to like Alabama with a and wear like a I love the earth shirt. I'm not interested in that. But she says that actually people who live in blue states but don't identify as strongly with liberal causes, they're the ones that live in the most fear. She includes transphobic feminists in her list of people who deserve more freedom of thought. She obviously does not say transphobic feminists, but she says, you know, like like feminists who believe in biological differences. She tries like to K. Count- K. Rowling, like yes. certain feminists who wrote a really, really powerful children's book. Series. Right, right. Some <laughs> very quiet feminists just want to live a quiet life being transphobic. What's and so wrong? Write about their wizards and it should be fine and live yes. on a big pile of money. Yeah. <laughs> Weiss says that after she left the Times, she's heard from thousands of people who write her, quote, missive smuggled out of a totalitarian, totalitarian society. So quite hyperbole there. Her essay continues to basically beg all of us to free ourselves of self-censorship and separate politics from friendship. This is where it takes a weird pivot. She's like, remember when RBG and like, what's his name? Scalia. Not Alito. Scalia could be friends. Why can't we get back to that? And this, obviously, whenever she writes anything, it gets a strong reaction, which she then doubles down on. But this particular doubling down struck me as even different and further than normal because she's not just saying that the the cancel culture or I'm doing air quotes, self-censorship goes both ways. I think it's okay to kind of acknowledge that, but she is suggesting that actually it is actually the victims on the quote unquote right, the people who want to challenge these liberal cancel culture woke crowds, they are the ones who are the real victims here. My, I don't even know what to ask. I mean, my questions are, why is she wrong? And why does she, <laughs> why does she think that she's right? Yeah, I mean, I got inspired to add Barry Weiss and talk about it because she, uh, she, wrote on her Substack, which is the thing that all of the people who have been canceled by yeah. major publications that don't want horrible racists in their pages anymore. Anyway, moving on from that, um, she she uh, tweeted out this whole piece about how like elite uh, private schools are like 
just some are, are a cult of wokeness. And I was like, as somebody who attended boarding school and knows like almost all the schools that were in her piece, I was like, nah, girl, like, no. <laughs> it's never gonna <laughs> happen. Not only is it not a cult, but you're just basically saying like, how can these children who attend a $50,000 a year school who have never ever been told in their lives that they didn't get something, that they got something that they didn't earn, which they haven't because they're attending $50,000 a year schools despite not just being alive. That's, that is, that is how they got into school. You are alive. You got into school. Your parents paid for it. Right. I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but like they, she's like, how will they learn like what, what they deserve if they're forced to like, think about like anti-capitalism and you know, racial equity. This is so bad. You guys, they're being like in a cult. And I was like, what? But th- then how does that apply to the, she talks as if none like people of color don't exist. Like you don't have the choice, Caitlin, to be like, I'm just not going to like think about racial equity and I'm going to focus my ambitions on, on topics that will free my mind more. I'm what the fuck to be a victim. That's what her oh. process would be. And that's what she's saying. Like they're all under siege from this thinking that like black people are their equals. And this is a really apparently very traumatic experience for her. <laughs> it's it's also a very interesting way to announce that none of your friends talk to you anymore. <laughs> just, like, to just write an essay and then in the middle be like, and also people shouldn't be mean to their friends right? and stop answering texts from people who, you know, want to invite them to their birthday party just because they don't agree with their beliefs. Like some people really are feeling a little lonely these days. Like, like girl, I think right. your friends just don't want to talk to you. Right. I feel like self-censure, some self-censorship is good. She acts like that's crazy. If you can't self-censor yourself, from saying hurtful things, you need a diagnosis, not a liberation from woke culture. Like we all censor ourselves. That's how we get through the day. Otherwise you need to it's uh, be medicated. Like it's a problem if you can't censor yourself. You don't yes. get to censor yourself. Maybe she, next she's going to be like, uh, my journey to really to learning I have Tourette's. It's like, no, you just suck. <laughs> no, Barry Weiss talks about her hemorrhoids in interviews. That's how she gets jobs. Like she just- Wow, she so really no- I was joking, but she just has no self-censorship. Wow. No need to self-censor whether or not you like berated like your like berated your last assistant over whether or not she put enough creamer in your coffee. Like these are things that you just should share with the world at all times. Whenever you have a thought, you just should just don't even filter it. That's what Jack wants. That's why Twitter exists. Right, exactly. Do you guys want to know a crazy Barry Weiss fact? Yes. She used to date Kate McKinnon. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I know I she's dating crazy. another famous. I do think that's crazy. I think that's crazy. <laughs> I, wonder... I don't understand that. <laughs> so crazy. That's disappointing. I mean, it's also we she's all also have weird like... exes in our past. That's we true. all have weird exes in our past. Kate, who knows what Kate took away from that relationship? But it's always yeah, even very Penelope Pussycat came around to Pepe Le Pew. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like when she says like, you have to censor yourself, a lot of us have thoughts that are uncomfortable for us. And we know that if we said them out loud, 
uh, would be embarrassing. Like we all have to work through that. And like, that's how you grow as a person. It's like, they're supposed to be embarrassing. If you have a racist thought, that's embarrassing. You don't say it out loud. You try to work through it and educate yourself. Like the only inference I could read from everything she wrote was like, we should be allowed to say hurtful things about other people because I guess she just cannot. It's I was going to say she cannot empathize with being the recipient, but she writes about anti-Semitism. That's her main beat. Yeah, but the, there's even more than that. It's like this entire sense that like she's being victimized because people won't pay her hundreds of thousands of dollars to say terrible shit to other people. Yeah. And like, I just want to point out that like um, political leader, like there have been activists in this country who have legitimately been murdered for saying what they believe like i don't know like people continue mm. to bring up this like guy but like his name was martin luther king and he was <laughs> shot in the head and like yeah <laughs> like people like are like oh man like this is cancel culture i'm oppressed like so- yeah because i'm not on staff at the new york times like, <laughs> like, <laughs> person, when i when i said that thing at, at, at the uh, the milkshake shop they were like oh we don't want to give you your milkshake now like sorry here's a refund yeah because you like berated some like, like you're just like yeah. over here being like that's not oppression yeah. that's fred not hampton oppression. was drugged and then killed in his sleep but go on <laughs> continue I, mean, I, I was so like impacted i remember during the height of like the social just like the height i remember caitlin you told you like there's a reason you don't necessarily no, there aren't as visible leaders of the actual protests moving through the streets because the past has shown us that's not a good idea, like to herald an individual and put them at the front and make them the face of it and have that person also be exposed to the elements. And I guess by elements these days, I don't just mean weather. I mean, fucking weapons everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was I found that so chilling when you when you brought yeah. that point up. There's so many Nazis. You think that this would like cause Barry to be like, actually, as a Jewish person, I'm against Nazis. And look at these people. They also don't like Nazis. We should get together over our shared hatred of Nazis. But no, she's like, let's defend people who are friends with Nazis because of the freedom of their thoughts. And I'm like, what? no, make make it make sense. Make it make sense. That's what I'm I'm asking for for Barry Weiss. I mean, it's not going to happen because she lives in an epistemically closed bubble that's designed to reinforce all of her biases and tell her that she's a special, 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 special snowflake who just needs all of the joy and happiness in the world, no matter what she says about the inferiority of Black people. But, you know, everyone needs a hobby, I guess. You know, exactly. Yes. It's very true that, like, like also like isn't like Matty Iglesias canceled, but he makes like thirty grand a month on his Substack or something crazy. Yeah. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready 
in less than 30 minutes. Oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes. Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. This actually ties in nicely to our last internet-related story, which is Journalists who have actually been canceled. <laughs> Yesterday, BuzzFeed laid off 47 people from HuffPost newsroom. That's about a third of the people. BuzzFeed officially acquired HuffPost from Verizon about three weeks ago. Full disclosure, I feel like I've mentioned a million times. I used to work at HuffPost. I worked there for a long time, and I was also laid off about like two years ago. Uh, they shed face. That's how we got her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I was trying, like, I know everybody was so upset yesterday, but I was, like, trying to tell them, like, it's better on the other side. <laughs> <It's better. laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're free. Because they did, very fortunately, HuffPost has a great union, and everybody got at least two months of severance, and everybody that they off had worked there for, like, a decade, and you get a week for every... Um, a week for every, another week paid for every year you work there. So people are going to be set up for a couple months, but good. the journalism industry is not good right now. There are not a lot of jobs. I obviously didn't pivot back into journalism. I was like, there's nothing for me to do, but they shed basically anyone who doesn't write about national politics or breaking news, which means that's basically all original reporting that they were doing on race and gender, LGBTQ issues, climate, religion, sexual assault, domestic violence, entertainment, culture, so if anything other than what's happening in Congress or the White House. But how do you make that make I sense know. without all of the aforementioned? I'm sorry. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what I thought, too. All of these reports. I mean, the point of HuffPost is that it is by nature. Politics is the bread and butter. So mm-hmm. all of the content around it from those other like buckets and sections like when I worked there, like everybody's thinking about politics all the time. And yeah. you, like when I was editing for like the race and gender stuff, it's like we were talking about political issues. These are political issues The the editors and, and writers that they kept, they just write about politics and policy and like and the game of it all. Like they're not writing about long features about racial issues. And it yeah. just does not bode well for the future of this type of journalism. See, that that is really troubling because this actually goes back to um, not to plug another podcast, but Sam Sanders from NPR was on Las Culturistas and he was talking about 
um, kind of this thing that happens in newsrooms where like the hard news people look down on anyone who talks about like culture or surrounding issues, but those surrounding issues are the facts as well. And so it's like this idea of like, we're just focused on the facts, but it's like, but the context is also part of the facts. And if we didn't yes. haven't learned at least that in these past four years, like, like it, I mean, he was talking about it in the certain sense of like the economic anxiety argument about people voting for Trump. And it's like, you can't actually write a story about why people voted for Trump without talking about the racism, without talking about the cultural factors that were going into it and just try to put it down to numbers and be like, oh, they their bank accounts were lower. So that's it. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Barack exactly. Obama saved the country from like a giant recession. Donald Trump took over from the policies that Barack Obama had. Like there's not even, you can't even argue that from like a structural Never mind. Uh, right. Well, and also it's like you think about like Me Too. There's no one there to cover that now. That was an entertainment story to start. There's one reporter there I want to call physically. Her name's Melissa Jeltson. She is she changed the way, and this is how I this is I think what I'm gonna say the legacy of HuffPost, because I don't really think it comes back very like strong. Because of like the willingness of the reporters to be irreverent, like they really did pull a lot of other media over to being a little bit more confrontational and digging a little deeper. Like Melissa was the, every time there was a shooting or something or um, an instance of police brutality, she would always find out and report that the perpetrator had a record of domestic violence or domestic abuse, or that his wife had a restraining order always. And eventually she did that dozens of times. And then eventually something happened where it was a really big case. I can't remember who it was. And she was like lauded. And then everybody started realizing that was a connection. And now it's reported on all the time. So that's a great example, Lisa. It's like, you have to have those people looking at those other factors mm -hmm. to figure out why we're having these political conversations at all. And if you didn't hear about this, the way that it was done was just really cruel too. They like invited them all to a Zoom meeting where the password was spring is here and then cut 47 Iconic. of them. Insane. Wow, that's like peak ne neoliberalism right there. <laughs> Spring <laughs> is here. Very good. And, and congratulations <laughs> because you're all going to have time to enjoy it. You yep. are fired. <laughs> you're fired. Go run around outside. Yeah, it's 64 <laughs> degrees and you have nothing left to do today. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's so devastating. I mean, they have like a bachelor podcast that my friends host and like the finale is next week. They're like, we don't, I, I guess we just don't do that anymore. But it's especially cruel because Jonah Peretti, who owns Buzzfeed now or runs it, he was one of the founding, he was one of the founders of HuffPost. So he just bought them back and then completely is just going to like sell it for parts. And, you know, their, their rationale was that, you know, the company is not profitable, which it wasn't because of like a decade of bad strategy and no vision. And also, Point, show me a media company that is, that doesn't have a Jeff Bezos. The Times is set because they own their building and they make a ton of money. Like anyone without a paywall is not doing well. And you want to not have paywalls because you want to keep journalism free. It's scary. Yeah, it yeah, is scary. I mean, there, there's got to be a model where you get like added benefits. I mean, like basically this, I'm wondering if right. Patreon. like Substack stack or yeah. Patreon where basically like, you get bonuses. You can get extra stuff if you pay. They tried that and like it did not work. It's just it's just painful to look at media trying to recalibrate itself right now because obviously the sharing, the clicks, like that's a big part. 
having news expand, like information is essential. And then you're looking at this and it's like, as I think it's also especially damaging because when you're looking at this, a lot of the people at the top who are making these decisions are not diverse. So you're getting white dudes, straight white dudes deciding what is and is not relevant. Mm-hmm. And stripping jobs away from people who are doing more of the contextual work and saying the other side of these stories. Because we've gotten the same company line. Police are good. You know, the government works. N- Nazis are your friends. Yeah. <laughs> so for like, like Don't decades, punch them. Be friends with them. Confederates <laughs> and Nazis are totally normal and you should hug them. I'm like, I'm like, as a black woman, I'm like, no, no, it's not going to happen. But like the the other side of those stories, the people who would would say like, um, no, uh, Nazis are bad or yeah. police are actually lying all the time. Or, you know, our politics is actually horribly broken and doesn't even begin to represent the mm-hmm. United States because of multiple layers of deliberately fucked shit. Totally. Yeah. And all those people now are gone. Because we just need to report the facts because there's some way to be objective about things happening in the world. And it's like a reality TV star was the president. Like uh, entertainment is politics. Politics is entertainment. Like you, we need to be looking at all of this stuff. I know. HuffPost famously got in a lot of trouble because Ariana decided when Trump was running to put him in the entertainment section because she didn't take him seriously. And then Mm -hmm. she was sort of like, dunked on for that but another thing is that like i remember when charlottesville happened speaking of nazis like they have reporters and some of them thank god are still there because now their beat is really relevant the far-right extremists and proud boys when charlottesville happened a lot of like publishers were like shit we got to get our people down there there were already half post reporters down there they knew it was coming they knew what these people were planning online Mm -hmm. it's it just again comes down to the fact like who designed journalism this way like everyone's all running around like first amendment barry weiss is like if i can't say certain things like this is oppression and you need to pay me to say these things or else i'm being oppressed and then meanwhile on the other side you have people who are literally becoming voiceless Deplatformed, mm-hmm. not being able to add context to news stories because journalism is designed by a bunch of straight white guys sitting in a room being like, oh, yeah, this is what objective means. Despite the fact of the damage that we are literally looking at all the time, and people who are able to predict the next yep. problem are now what locked out of rooms. Yeah, it's. It's interesting because I know Australia just passed this law right. where like Google and Facebook have to pay publishers for like sh- like their content yeah. appearing in the news feed or pulling up as like a result on Google. So I wonder, I mean, anything that happens somewhere else takes a million <laughs> decades to happen here. But I wonder, like, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if something like that becomes part of the solution. We need a new yeah. communications act. Like that's mm-hmm. been done since it's last one was 1996. Like there are whole adults who were born in 1996. That is terrible. Yeah. And very angry, but it is true. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like we, so we need a new one. We need the internet needs to be reset, but we also need like, I don't think like you should be able to call yourself news. If you don't adhere to journalistic standards, like, some channel I could mention that pushes out bizarre state-run propaganda for Republicans every mm-hmm. minute of every day. Yeah, there are no there are no layoffs at Fox. I mean, that's 
that's the other thing is that the news is already, I mean, if just the amount of eyes on social media since Trump left office is obviously way down. And that's going to probably impact the industry even further. I think that like how well the news business was doing was kind of artificially artificially inflated by the Trump years because there was so much attention being paid. But that's also why these layoffs are just so fucking cruel to me because like, man, these people gave their whole lives for the past four years. Like it was, it is not easy to yeah. do this job and to work for a liberal or, or just an, uh, an organization that's not apologetic about the direction it thinks the country should go in. These people endured like so much hate and vitriol and that like, this is how they're rewarded. Some of them, they're going to lose their health insurance. Some of them can't stay in the country anymore because they had work visas. Like it's, it's deeply cruel and inhumane. And yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think this most recent stimulus had some funding for local news, but there's going to have to be more of a societal buy-in and understanding of what we lose when we don't have good news sources. Yeah, 100%. The death of local news and the rise of Nazis is not a mistake. Like, (gasps) it's not, these are not, like, incidental, the media consolidation, the the layoffs, the refusal to add, uh, like, identity-based context to discussions like all of these things <laughs> and, and and the nature of them, that is why our government is being like at the, at the very first thing that we mm-hmm. said, there's a, a QAnon person holding up COVID relief that is going to try to save as many people as possible in this country. Mm-hmm. Is it great? Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But it is going to be a huge, huge benefit to so many people. And this complete like, she's like completely untethered from reality yeah, yeah. oh 100 percent. i've decided i'm gonna call her an extremist every time i reference she's her violent yeah, she is okay yeah and she's able to stop things for hours because we don't have a reporting system that says like this is actually wrong and bad and should not be happening and people who are allied with her and people who vote with her are equally implicated in these decisions and bringing that up in a local campaign before the person gets elected rather than Mm. after maybe. Same (laughs) with Lauren Boebert. Like she represents an area that includes like, like liberal parts of like Colorado. Like what the fuck? How did this happen? And, and and fucking Madison Cawthorn represents parts of Asheville. Yo, did you guys see, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Did you guys see the video of Madison Cawthorn punching Punching a tree? No, I didn't. Oh, Oh, it's crazy. He's going, he's going insane on just like truly a little sickly tree. It's like the tree from Charlie Brown Christmas. And he's punching it so much with like gloves on to protect his knuckles, just wailing on a tree. It makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sort of bizarre macho ritual to be like, I'm, Beating things, beating a tree, walking the small of a tree. Is it like? <laughs> uh, is it supposed to be antagonizing to tree huggers? I'm a tree puncher. <laughs> I, I, I think it's supposed to be like I am strong. I punched a tree to death. And oh man! Like, what the fuck, dude? Good, good job, like, dude. Those things in like a, a martial arts movie where they like break the wood with their head, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. in this case, it's just punching a sad tree with your. Yeah. We will, I keep saying this, but we have to do a dedicated Madison Cawthorn episode. He's like a true crime story. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. He's just a liar. Everything he says is a lie. Everything he says is a lie. And yeah. it brings us back to that Pepe Le Pew as well. Everything does. Correct. Perfect. I see. I knew all of these stories would come together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really does. That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. 
I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Our podcast director is Sean Kilby. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SupPod at Betches.com. Betches.